This TSN 1040 podcast is powered by Metro Ford. It's hard to beat a Metro Ford deal. In Port Coquitlam and online at MetroMotors.com. This is Nation Network Radio on the voice of Vancouver Sports, TSN 1040. Now, here's John Abbott and J.D. Burke. John Abbott, J.D. Burke, Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill. Don't settle for nosebleeds. Always get a front row seat at Shark Club, your destination for pregame, postgame, every game. Located minutes from the rink, the corner of Georgia and Beattie. Come eat, drink, talk, little trash. Learn more at sharkclub.com. Saturday specials include... Dosakis today. It is an opportunity to take in some NHL playoff action very soon. Game 82s across the league today and tomorrow. Canucks, of course, in Edmonton to play the Oilers to finish their season. And it's the grand finale for Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Hard to top what happened Thursday at home to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, very grateful to be in attendance for that one. And J.D. and I can talk about uh, what was on Thursday. The Canucks and the Sedins tonight. Vancouver Canucks moving forward. Uh, but it, it, it is a show that will have, of course, the regular hockey touch to it and hockey discussions. But... Not necessarily a firm blueprint, as shows in the past will have. We will have an Oilers guest join us in our second segment. But we need to recognize as well um, what has happened and what's taken place in Humboldt. This is our opportunity today uh, to address that. And, of course, it will continue to be recognized through the weekend and in the next week. Latest update is sadly 15 players or 15 people, I should say, have passed in that accident. Um, many others remain in hospital. And it is, I don't believe you can quantify something like yesterday. The description is a tragedy and it is it is sad to have to talk about that. Um, sports so often provide us the release from day to day and that might be something as small as day-to-day work it might be something as large as difficulties in one form or another that arise and sports is the outlet um those worlds collide today and the the emotions spill over and it is a difficult difficult day um for everybody in the sports world for everybody um, that has a connection to Humboldt and the Broncos, regardless of whether you're a sports fan or a hockey fan. This is our platform because we are a sports station. And so we invite you to weigh in throughout the show, uh, whether it's on the Sedines tonight being their last night of their magnificent careers, whether it's on the Canucks moving forward, whether it is on... The tragic news as it relates to Humboldt and the Broncos, uh, we are here. We are here to talk sports or life or both. 604-280-1040, Email live at tsn1040.ca. Text us at 104040. Uh, we will do so respectfully. Um, we do send our condo- condolences 
to the families and everyone involved. It's just so hard to take in. And for those of us that did not live through uh, the Swift Current team, many of those who did uh, have that flashback today. And it's just, there are so many tragic moments through a lifetime. There are so many uplifting moments. And I suppose today, Daniel and Henrik's last game does provide a bit of that release. And we can, we will certainly go there as well. But we want to make sure that because it does affect so many, including our, our province of BC, with the sad news that former Surrey Eagle, uh, Jackson Joseph, who has ties to British Columbia, whose father, former NHLer, grew up here, and Chris, and uh, again, our hearts pour out to that family and all those involved. And uh, JD, there isn't, there are only so many ways to voice our feelings on a day like today. But it's just a, it is a, a tough one and a very sad one to have to be part of. And um, JD and I will do our best to get through it on this side. And we would certainly, whatever is going to help people, we would like to participate in. And we certainly can direct you to the GoFundMe page as well as Moj mentioned as uh, he left the airwaves. Vancouver Canucks have a link on their website and also via Twitter. Maybe the best place to start is a reaction from the hockey world. It is a small community, and it's funny to say that because there are so many people that are implemented in it on one side or another. Whether it's broadcasters or players or coaches or scouts or general managers, uh, hockey staffs. I mean, it's there are many people in the NHL only, let alone the quote hockey world, and yet it does feel like a small world. And it stopped today. And it's league-wide, the recognition for those that are suffering in Humboldt. And some have closer experiences, closer ties to what happened than others. Todd McClellan, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, is one of those who played against many on the prior Broncos team from the WHL that sadly had a similar incident, had the horrific bus crash and for McClellan playing against many of those players went on to coach in Swift Current as well during his coaching career he was one of the first to reflect today and we go to that press conference now I'm like uh, I'm sure most of us in here and certainly everybody in the and we talk about the hockey world what about the real world the other people that are out there we're all in shock um, you know there's 
really no other way to put it. And um, we're a little bit on the outside looking in, and I can't imagine what those families are feeling and what they're going through right now. And uh, you know, it just won't be today. It's it lasts a while. They need our support. They're going to need it as soon as as now, and it's going to have to last for a while. I was lucky enough to be part of a community that went through that in Swift Current, lived it and felt it. And it goes on forever. So, um, you know, I know I'm from Saskatoon. I know Saskatchewan people well. I know that Humboldt area really well. And um, they're as strong as they come, but they'll need our help. Todd, when you play hockey in Saskatchewan, the road trips are the longer than in a lot of provinces. You spend a lot of time on the bus. Your whole career, you've been on buses. Can you just let us in a little bit on where the bus fits in hockey culture? It's as important as the ice. Um, it takes, you know, you need basically three things to play the game. You need players, you need ice, officials, and a puck. And, but for all of that to happen, you've got to get all those people to to the facilities. And when you're traveling in large groups, you're on a bus or you're on an airplane in our case. And um, the amount of hours that teams, you know, and it's not just hockey, it's baseball, basketball, you name it. Teams that, that spend on on buses, the, the, um, the record's actually uh, quite safe when you think about it. But uh, there's many nights, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, freezing cold. Conditions aren't that great, and they're pushing through it. And uh, some really good people that that take care of those teams when they operate those vehicles. And um, you know, it's part of the fabric of our game is is the bus. You you mentioned uh, you were in Swift Current and what they went through. How does uh how does the community begin to uh, put itself back together in oh, that situation? Is that where the 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 entire hockey world uh, helps out? Well, I would expand it beyond the hockey world. There's a world out there, human beings, that should care about this, not just because it's a hockey element. Um, it, it gets more exposure because I get to talk in front of people like you. But... Um, there's a lot of people that have no interest and could care less about hockey that that are affected by this, and they they care and they they have a chance to help the community heal. I know in Swift Current, um, that was tough. Any connections to the humble? Um, my brother played there. My dad lived and worked there. Um, I had numerous teammates in Saskatoon that played there. So, yes and no. Even as a player and a coach, Todd, the bus was always that safe sanctuary. Some of the best times for the players were on buses, I'm sure, for you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's the the vehicle that that was involved in this accident but it's also a vehicle that provides some camaraderie and some unity amongst teams and teammates and um, the stories that can be told on them and uh, the legends that live on those buses are uh, are 
or something that should be told. Maybe Speck will write another book. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's the one, two, three incidences that happened that, uh, that dampened the, uh, the effect on it. Very emotional, Todd McClellan. Uh, well stated by the Oilers head coach, who, as we mentioned, um, it doesn't matter whether you are connected directly to the tragic events that happened with the Humboldt Broncos and their bus crash. Uh, sadly, 15 people passing away. It doesn't matter if you have outside connections or if there is simply your heart going out to those family members, friends, billet families, um, hockey staff, those that that have lost loved ones. You can tell that everybody is on the same page today. Not only grieving, but putting their heart on the line when speaking about those events and Todd McClellan was closer than most, as he just described. Again, 86 with the Swift Current Broncos and their bus crash, sadly losing four members of the hockey team in that crash. And the connection to Vancouver and British Columbia was Joe Sackick. Uh, today, again, our thoughts with the Joseph family uh, losing Jackson in this accident. Derek Dorsett from Kindersley ahead of the game. And, and folks, this isn't just the Canucks and Oilers that are reacting to this. This is a league-wide uh, outpouring of support, heartache, and grief. And we, we likely will not go around the NHL, but because the Oilers and the Canucks play tonight, we will provide an opportunity to listen in to members from both those teams paying respects and talking about, in some cases, communities where they grew up. And for Derek Dorsett from Kindersley, Saskatchewan, uh, it hits close to the heart as well. Obviously, lost for words. Um, we were at the dinner last night and we found out and, you know, it was kind of, you know, went silent and it shows, you know, how big the hockey community is and the way it affects everyone and can't even imagine what you know the players and their families and the town of Humboldt and the province of Saskatchewan and even further on I, I looked at their roster and I seen that they have Alberta kids BC kids and um, obviously it's uh, it's heartbreaking and I know guys guys in the locker room have been talking about it and guys are very sad and it's, uh, it's a terrible time and um, it's not it's hard to, to kind of figure out what to say and because um, knowing what families are going through and you know knowing how many hours you know as hockey players and athletes you know you put on buses and um it's the absolute most terrible thing that could ever happen you spend a little bit of time in that league uh, but your time in the western league as well i mean the bus is so important does it take you right back to those days yeah for sure i mean obviously that's where you you know the locker room and and the bus trips, that's where you create bonds with, you know, your best friends and, you know, the guys that you, you know, play to win for. And, um, you know, it's, it's 
you know, stepping on that bus this morning, you know, definitely obviously started thinking about it and it's uh, it's heartbreaking and I can't even imagine what, you know, the families are going through right now. Do you have any connections to anybody um, I, I do have a connection. It's uh, it's through an old teammate, um, but I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to talk about that. You also grew up in Swift Current, and there was the bus tragedy there as well. So you've seen this before, and it's it's painful. It's just I'm curious. You know, here we are trying to celebrate the city, and now it's an outpouring of the hockey community. Uh, how important is it to just reach out and support? I mean, this has become a day of support. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, I, I played midget AAA in in uh, Swift Current. Um, I have a former coach that was on the bus, and I have a former coach whose brother was killed in that bus accident. So it's a it's a sad sad day, and um, like you said, you know, celebrating the, the the Twins' great career, and then all of a sudden, some terrible like this happens and puts life into perspective, and. You know, um, I was sitting beside Hank, and he was one of the guys that was most tuned into what was going on, and just heartbroken, and um, shows how far it hits home. You know, um, for for everyone in the hockey world, and can all, just all offer support in any way. Um, I know there's a lot of people doing it. Um, you know, it hits home because I'm from Saskatchewan, and I, I did play in that league, and. Um, but it doesn't matter. Everyone in the hockey world is uh, mourning this loss. You played in, in Humboldt, obviously, at some point. Did you play in Humboldt? Yes, yeah. So, I, you know about the community and its yeah. passion for the game. Yeah, I played a lot of minor hockey in Humboldt. Um, I had a short stint in uh, the SJHL. Right. Um, so, it, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, it's a... It's a small little province, but uh, some great people there, and I, I know the province will rally around this, and I know the hockey world will rally around them and support them in any way that we possibly can. In some ways, it's hard to believe there is a game tonight, and in others, maybe thankful there is. Uh, we will talk Henrik and Daniel. We will talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Adam Goddad is a Hobie Baker winner. And the Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid. One last game in their disappointing season. But our our hearts will certainly still be with everybody in Humboldt. Our thoughts will not be far off either. You can join us at any time. John Abbott, J.D. Burke with you until 5.30 addressing the... The sad and tragic occurrence in Humboldt or the Sedines at the end of an era for Vancouver Canucks hockey. Nation Network Radio presented by Shark Club on TSN 10. As the Canucks play in Edmonton, game 82 finale for the incredible career of Daniel and Henrik Sedine. Of course, most of that put in the rear view today. Um, with the hockey world and Canada in general reacting to the the tragedy in Humboldt, Saskatchewan with the Broncos bus crash. Uh, we did get to some of the audio in our first segment. We will get back to that as well. You can join us at any time throughout the show. J.D. Burke and I are here with you until 530 
1040 Email live at tsn1040.ca. Text us at 104040. We will shift our attention to the Canucks and Oilers in this segment. Nation Network Radio presented by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill, by the way. Corner of Georgia and Beatty. Come eat, drink, talk a little trash. Learn more at sharkclub.com. And it is Cam Lewis, editor-in-chief of Nation Network. The namesake of this radio program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give us a perspective on the Edmonton Oilers. Who have had an incredible season as it relates to Connor McDavid. Yes. The rest, well, left to be put back together in time for next year, I suppose. But the Vancouver Canucks uh, will be treated properly by the Edmonton Oilers as it relates to Daniel Henrik Sedin. The Oilers, the first-class organization that they are, will send the Twins off. Well, we don't know exactly all the details, but we know that they've provided sweets for Daniel and Henrik's family. Uh, there will be recognition before and after the game. And uh, so fitting, not only that Daniel and Henrik hang him up against a team they have the most points ever recorded in their career against, uh, but in a Canadian city as well. So if it can't be in Vancouver, perhaps fitting that it is in Edmonton. And uh, Cam Lewis, editor-in-chief of the Nation Network, uh, joins us now on the line to talk about the Oilers and the Canucks. And just ahead of that, Cam, we thank you very much for being on with us today. And uh, we'll ask you off the top just to touch on the the charity T-shirt that you have with 100% of the profits going to uh, the victims and the, and the family of uh, the Humboldt Broncos. Right, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, um, of course, obviously, the bus accident is a incredibly massive tragedy. It's Im- impossible to even put into words just how devastating that is for those individuals, everybody involved with the team, the community, the families that were affected, of course. But uh, one thing that's so great about the hockey community as a whole is how we will rally together and come together and that's the great thing about the community so if you're interested in helping out the victims of the accident head to oilersnation.com and we have a t-shirt with the team's logo on it that 100 percent of proceeds will go to helping out the families whether it be covering medical costs or covering getting families flying across the country to visit their kids in hospital whatever it is we're trying our best to help so head over to oilers nation and jump on that if you feel inclined well that's a great initiative cam and uh kudos to to you at hq for helping to put that together uh we're going to try and shift gears here to something that is uh still an emotional topic but with not quite as much import here get back to the ice surface uh the sedines have kind of been a nightmare for the Edmonton Oilers for a lot of their time in the NHL. Absolutely. I think I was talking to Mike the other day. He was saying that in the office, you guys were watching The Shift. What is the perception of the Sedin twins in Edmonton, and how will their legacy be remembered as two great hockey players who seem to make your defenseman's life hell? We are extremely happy that it's over. <laughs> as Oilers fans, we... Uh, we dealt with a time, and I mean, we still are dealing with a time in which everybody else is quite a bit better. Everyone's, you know, got their guys. It was with the Canucks, there was the Sedins, and then with Anaheim, there was Getzlaff and Perry, and then L.A. had 
you know, Kopitar and the teams were always, there were these, these huge forwards that were big and skilled and smart and just made the Oilers look like they would just grind them into pace, right? It was, it was like, imagine being a, a kid and playing against your older sibling at like NHL 2006 and you didn't really know how to use the controls and that's what the Sedins were like. They were just significantly better. And it was just like, they just totally dominated. But I mean, the sentiment around the city in, in Edmonton is that there's nothing but respect for those two. Those guys are all class. They're, you know, great for the league, great for the Canucks. I mean, nobody hates the Sedins, but we, we hate what the Sedins did to us. And we're happy that it's over from an Edmonton perspective. And what kind of a reception do you think they're going to get from the Edmonton Oilers crowd? Uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of Canucks fans in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> having known some uh, some Canucks fans in the city, I know that um, there wasn't too much interest in going to this game number 82 in Edmonton until we found out that the uh, the Sedins were retiring, and then a lot of Canucks fans were like tripping over themselves to buy tickets. But I think from Oilers fans, there'll be a, a positive reception. It's much like you saw when you know Derek Jeter went on his retirement tour. I mean, Blue Jays fans all clapped. You have respect for what that guy brought to the game and brought every day. No one, I mean, I mean, you, you got to respect players that are that good. It is the Sedins that, as you mentioned, uh, Cam and Cam Lewis joins us from uh, the Nation Network that have 84 points going into this game, all time, in their series against the Edmonton Oilers. Daniel has 37 goals as part of those 84 points. Henrik has 67 assists as part of those 84 points. So they've been known to to find the score sheet against the Edmonton Oilers. Would you consider it fitting if they were able to maybe have one last run at putting some points up on the board? I, I just hope that if they do put up points, I hope the two of them put up the same amount of points so that they finish with the same amount of points career against the Oilers. It'd be weird if, like, Daniel had one more point in his career against the Oilers than Henrik did. It would kind of, like, shift the balance. Like, when I was looking at this last night, when I was doing pregame stuff for Oilers Nation, I saw, oh, of course, they have the, both, both Henrik and Daniel have the exact same amount of points against the Oilers. This is just so perfect. So, like, if the two of them are going to go off tonight, they got to do it in the same way and they got to, you know, match each other's points no matter what. That's what has to happen. Well said. And we know from what we've heard that the Oilers organization will send them off properly. And I can think of uh, how many ceremonies the Oilers have had. I would say that's an organization that is uh, certainly well versed into recognizing some of the greats. Oh, absolutely. Just wait until you guys have your uh, 10-year anniversary of the Sedins and then your 15-year anniversary and then your 20-year anniversary. We're all familiar with that. <laughs> what's, the, what's the first order of business once we get out of this week for the Edmonton Oilers? Because, uh, you know, in Vancouver, it's been all about the Sedins. And so I think as of Monday, we'll probably shift back to maybe looking at the, the team, uh, you know, as a whole. What's the first order of business for the Oilers come next week? Uh, win that draft lottery. Find a way. Uh, get those balls rigged somehow and win that lottery. But no, actually, it's uh, a lot of what the Oilers have going on is figuring out kind of who on this team deserves to stick around after this like catastrophic season. Which of which players have like a long term role? Like we know. There's Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. They're not going anywhere. Those are the players signed to big money for many years. And then there's players that are never going to move because you can't move them, like Milan Lucic and Chris Russell. They're just there. 
but is, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a player that you want to build around, is Oscar Clefbaum a player you want to build around, is Andre Sequeira a player you want to build around, and so on and so on. Is Darnell Nurse the kind of guy that's going to get, you know, a six-year contract? Is Matt Benning going to get a long-term contract? Someone like that. That There's assessment as to which, which of these players is going to stick around because there isn't that much flexibility for this team to change in the offseason. Well, one area where a lot of people are anticipating at least the consideration for a significant change has to be off the ice. And uh, especially when I look online here at some of the Oilers' underlying metrics at 5-on-5, five five, it suggests that a lot was going well for this team. It's where they were at special teams that seemed to really undo their season. Uh, has there been any speculation that there will be a, ch- a shake-up to the coaching staff, whether it's Todd McClellan himself or his assistants? We had uh, Bob Nicholson, who's uh, got some upper management role with the Oilers, come on TV during a Hockey Night in Canada game about a month ago and say we value continuity within the organization. The Oilers you know, went through a, a game of musical chairs and coaches and GMs for a half decade there. They value the continuity. They seem to have faith in Peter Chiarelli and Todd McClellan for better or for worse. But what I think we will see for sure is... The assistant coaches uh, very likely will be on their way out. And Paul Coffey, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like a joke because it's it's so standard Oilers. But Paul Coffey, a member of the Old Boys Club, uh, will be sliding in, I think, to an assistant coach role to help with the special teams. And he's been a, a kind of a roving coach with the Oilers now for about a month and a half, two months. And in that time, we've actually seen a stronger power play and a penalty kill. Whereas, you know, earlier on in the season, the both special teams were just like putrid. The the, the they were allowing a, a a goal against on the power play every you know every second time they took a penalty. It was like historically bad stuff. But then when Coffee came in, to his credit, it actually did get better. I mean, old boy club jokes aside, he uh, he seems to have done something right. I guess. Well, one thing that the Oilers are going to need improvement in, in one area specifically, rather, is getting offense from the blue line. Uh, I think they rank somewhere in the bottom third of the league in terms of the point production that they're getting from their defensemen. Uh, a lot of talk this offseason that you could see names like Oscar Clefbaum on the block. Uh, Andre Sakara just had another knee injury. Going to be a lot of change up on the blue line. What are you anticipating from the Edmonton Oilers as they look to improve this specific part of their lineup? Yeah, that's a that's an incredibly big question because it's somehow, some way, the Oilers have dealt away Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle, and they still don't have their top defensemen. We uh, we thought Oscar Clefbaum was that guy. I still think he can be that guy. This year, he apparently was nursing an, an injury for the entire year, and he's been shut down. He's gone through surgery, and hopefully, if they don't trade him in the off season, which I mean, with Peter Shirelli, you never know. I mean, there's always a chance that. I mean, anybody on this team could be traded. I mean, I would you even be shocked at this point if he pulled the trigger on a one-for-one Connor McDavid, somebody for somebody else? No. Like, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. But if if Clefbaum does stick around and he is back next year, that should be, like a a fully 100% Oscar Clefbaum should be like a massive addition to the team. Even though it isn't technically an addition, that in itself should be an improvement for this blue line. Sakara's the other one. A healthy Sakara would make the team a lot better. That being said, it's hard to say if Sakara, after you know surgery last off season, another injury this season, if he is ever going to be the player he used to be. Are Oilers fans writing in votes for McDavid to win the heart? Uh, Oilers fans want to see McDavid win the heart because they want uh, they want something out of this year. I think they uh, they want to see that happen. Well, where do you stand on the issue? Do you think that there is a case for Connor McDavid to win the heart in spite of the fact that his team won't be making the playoffs? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can empathize with both sides of the argument. I um, Coming from somebody who's watched a lot of Oilers hockey this year, I can uh, vouch for just how valuable that guy is, given how bad that team is the other 40 minutes he isn't playing. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 you can't even put into words how, how valuable he is to the team. But then on the other side, it's like... You go and look at uh, Taylor Hall in New Jersey, and I mean, the next best guy is a 19-year-old Nico Heischer who has, you know, like 40 points, and Hall's like doubling him in points, and then there's Nathan McKinnon, and he's dragging this Colorado team that won like seven games last year through the mud to almost a playoff spot. It's, it's hard to argue against. It's I, I would love to see McDavid win it, but you can also make you can make cases for those guys having their career years. Like, you know, when you look back and you look back at the awards, the Hart Trophy, you kind of see it as like, okay, whose season really was this and who do we really want to have their name attached to this season? And I think it, it's pretty hard to argue against either Hall or McKinnon. Well, I can see two nightmare scenarios for the Oilers. Sorry, one nightmare, one positive. That's where the positive oh, yeah. is McDavid wins it. The nightmare is Taylor oh. Hall wins it. And I know everybody in Edmonton would rather avoid that. Uh, lastly, we're <laughs> running out of time here, Cam. I thought I'd ask you, well, thought I'd congratulate you first on getting promoted to the editor-in-chief of the Nation Network. And can you perhaps preview some of what we can expect from the network going forward with you at the top now, at the top of the ivory tower? Uh, just... Uh, Anything plans from uh, Nation Network HQ? Yeah, definitely. I want to. Uh, I, I, in my role, want to be uh, more hands-on with helping all the websites ensure that they. Uh, I think I think each fan base and each team kind of has a different aesthetic they're providing for their fans. One thing. Um, Oilers Nation is a huge website, obviously, but we, you know, we can't just necessarily reproduce Oilers Nation in every city. It's just not realistic. But what I want to do is uh, I want to help people. Uh, analyze their fan base and understand what their fans want and then help bring that to their fan base, whether it be extremely quick news coverage, um, extremely just, you know, good in-depth statistical analysis or just content that's, you know, straight up funny and relatable. Whatever it is that the fans, we feel that they like, we want to try and bring that to them with the city's own local flavor and the fan base's own local flavor. That's kind of what my goal is. Cam, appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for being on the program. All right. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Cam Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of the Nation Network on Nation Network Radio, of course. Presented by Shark Club, John Abbott, J.D. Burke with you. Previewing the Edmonton Oilers and Vancouver Canucks Game 82 on the season and the grand finale on the career of Henrik and Daniel Sedin. And good to see that the Oilers will follow suit in honoring uh, two legends of the game. And we hope, maybe as soon as 2021, two Hockey Hall of Famers. I would certainly think so. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're first ballot Hall of Famers. we got to get you on that committee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll continue to talk Canucks, the Twins, Adam Gaudet, and other topics as we get closer to the offseason. Nation Network Radio continues, hour number one. On TSN 1040. Uh, Tom Mayanek uh, of the Sport Market just came into the studio. I want to give him his due for doing such an excellent job of covering that this morning. Uh, It's not easy. Nobody is handling this particularly well. And and, I think that's... How do you handle it well? You can't. It's it's one of those things. And my condolences to the families. Uh, I'm keeping you all in my thoughts. Uh, absolutely devastating news. I don't think with words I can do justice what an absolute tragedy this is. I just want you to know that you're in our hearts. You're in our minds. Uh, Nation Network, we're going to be trying to sell... 
shirts to raise funds for the families, whether it's medical fees, visiting the kids, and I'm going to try and do something in the coming week with Canucks Army's platform. I really, uh, it's devastating. I never made it very far in hockey myself. Uh, you can probably tell that just by... <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't look. But none but, of that matters. Yeah, though, no, right? that is the. It's, uh, it's the relatability factor. It's a small though, world. Right? It is. It's a small world. I mean, you've been on those buses, and and I I know friends who have been on those buses, and it's just truly touching, and and the unfortunately in the worst possible way today, and and that community, we send out all our absolute best thoughts and well wishes to all of you. Uh, going through an unimaginably difficult situation. Well said, partner, and uh, we will continue to leave the phone lines and the floor open that way. If it if it's going to help you to talk about it, uh, we will be here to talk about it with you. We will continue to hear from players uh, related to the Canucks and Oilers addressing this this morning. We'll get to more of that in hour number two. We're with you up until 5.30 this evening. Uh, The flip side of this, as mentioned, uh, sports sometimes is held separately from the day-to-day, if you will, and can act as a release and can provide just a different mood. And yet, on days like today, um, the two worlds collide. And... It certainly, the tragedy in Humboldt overshadows everything, as it should. And yet we have the career of Daniel and Henrik Sedin to look back and appreciate. And Thursday was spectacular, my friend. It was such an honor to be in the building and to witness that. And you can't help for anybody, whether it has been a season's ticket holder, whether it has been... um, Someone who grew up with the Sedins, perhaps, depending on your age, and whether it's someone that has seen Canucks legends through the decades, through the generations, and the Sedins are on the other side of that. Collectively, we bind together in a different way to support Henrik and Daniel Sedin and wish them nothing but the best in their retirement. And what a send-off. I mean, for two players that are so, exude so much class and uh, rightfully deserve so much respect, you hope that if, after making this decision, they go out on top and the way that they did on Thursday couldn't have been any better. Nope. Phenomenal. What did you think of the performance against the Arizona Coyotes? Well, I might be getting into a bit of a tangent here, but just to bring a different perspective to to how I view this particular situation, I I'm 26, a little bit a little bit on the uh, younger side, not to brag or whatever, but I this is the only era of Canucks hockey I have known is the Sedin Twin era. I moved to the States in 2000, so I missed most of the West Coast Express. And by the time I came back, the transition was slowly being made to hand the Sedins this team. And just every one of my best hockey memories as a fan, as a, as a kid growing up in the city of Vancouver, going to the Canucks games. I used to go to every playoff game, the first game of the first round. That used to be my tradition with my uh, good friend Tim. I don't know if you're listening, but shout out to those days. And just... You know, the Thursday, I'm not even going to lie here. Like, I got a little bit emotional. 
And Many I, did. I've had to for different reasons. Exactly. I've had to disavow myself of that side of the the sports world, having gone into the media realm. But there was still that little kindling fire left inside me. And once I saw them uh, get out there for the opening face-off, it was just uh, is almost uncontrollable. It was too perfect. I think a huge amount of credit is due to the Canucks themselves. I thought they did an excellent job of making that the Sedin's day. Uh, the arena was buzzing from the Viking clap to the uh, the opportunities in the warm-up where they get just a little, a couple extra seconds ahead of their teammates. At every opportunity, the Canucks did their absolute best to make sure the Sedin's were the spotlight. Nobody was taking away from it, and you know that they had to do it because the Sedin's, being the people they are, would never ask for it themselves. So so a huge due of credit to the Canucks organization and just to see to see Daniel score that goal in the second period. And it was Alex Edler and Henrik Sedin assisting on it. That is the exact same group of people that combined for Henrik Sedin's thousandth point. How special is that? And then they go back to that well in overtime. Uh, it just it couldn't have been any better. And I've seen the highs of Canucks hockey going back to 2011. Even beyond that, uh, this is going to be the game that I remember for all time. Like, it's just, it's perfect. I, I don't even know what else to add. I'm at a loss for words here. I just think on every level, if you go even down to the numerology aspect of it, uh, Daniel Sedin's 22nd goal, 33 seconds into the third or the second period, and then to score the final goal, 22-33 from the third period to when they scored that goal. Uh, it's just special night for two special people, and they deserve every plot it sent their way. And I'm just, I feel absolutely blessed. Absolutely blessed. Not a word I use lightly. To have been able to, gr- to grow up watching them play, and then to see their careers end in such a spectacular fashion. And that is the uh, the JD fan segment right there. That's, that's a different side coming out, but I think I... I have to bring that because I, I owe it to them because they, just every good hockey memory this city has had for over 10 years is due to them. Well, Moj said it wonderfully that Henrik and Daniel belong to Vancouver. And 100%. So we can all step into the perspective you gave in some ways because whether uh, you are a fan and, uh, as I said, went to every game, didn't miss one, or uh, have become a fan sometime during the Sedin's tenure, whether you were in the building or not on Thursday, and I can speak for Press Row because I was fortunate enough to have a seat. Everybody was cheering for Henrik and Daniel um, in Game 81, and uh, while we're going through what made the evening special, I would credit the linesman as well, holding up after uh, before dropping the pucks when Henrik Came to the faceoff dot mm-hmm. extra extra little bit of time to have the fans be able to serenade the captain in that instance and you know both Sedines as they were recognized almost every shift and terrific job by everybody in the building not only the mm-hmm. Canucks organization with the pregame uh, video that they had that they carefully pieced together throughout the year with you know just in case this was going to happen but it looked good on them. On Thursday night, didn't it? When they had reaction from Luongo and Gill, or excuse me, uh, Vigno and uh, Berkey was the narrator and Burroughs and you know the, some of the main players. And the, it'll only be a hundred times better when the Sedins have their numbers put up to the rafters. But the fans 
I give credit to the fans for giving them their proper send-off. And for someone that was not here during the Cup run in 2011, that's all I heard walking around the rink and interacting with media is that it was louder than the Stanley Cup Finals. So kudos to all involved. And nice to be able to have a send-off for Daniel and Henrik at home. Hard to believe that was Game 81. Game 82 is tonight. We'll continue to talk about the Sedins, the Canucks, Adam Gaudet getting the Hobie Baker, taking on the Edmonton Oilers tonight, and continue to pay our respects to everyone involved with the Humboldt Broncos. Nation Network Radio on TSN 1040. This is Nation Network Radio on the voice of Vancouver Sports, TSN 1040. Now, here's John Abbott and J.D. Burke. This TSN 1040 podcast is powered by Metro Ford. It's hard to beat a Metro Ford deal. In Port Coquitlam and online at metromotors.com.